Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Karma Cast, episode four. And uh, just to let you know, we're now on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and a bunch of other platforms. So please check us out. Leave a review if you like it. Even if you don't like it, you can leave a review. So today I have with me somebody who's, I had to, I had to twist his arm. Seriously, honest to God, I had to twist his arm to get him here because he did not want to do this. Um, but this is my mentor, my father. He's been in the business of multifamily real estate for 40 years. This yes. year will be 41. Yeah, going to be 41 this year. So before we get into the multifamily real estate, I just want to talk, I want to go back a little bit in your history and just talk about like, uh, you grew up in India. I came to this country. No, when you grew up in India, did you grow up in like a city or a village? When I came... Yeah, I was grown up in village and I have my high school education in the city, but you still live in the village. And after the college, I went to city in Saharampur. And what was the family status? Like, did you guys have money? Did you have money for college? No, I had to get a scholarship to go to college. And which, and which school did you go to? I went to uh, JV Jain Inter College in Saharanpur. And major? And because I was a high school first class, so they gave me free tuition. So that's why you got to... And what was your study, area of study? I just studied regularly for two years, you know, college. This is called science math and, you know, chemistry, physics, and uh, English. Major, what was your major your study, area of study? Yeah, this is science. Science was my major. And I have studied, these well, are the three What subjects. about engineering? I like to become, go to the engineering. So then for the engineers, you have to have a three subjects very strong. Science, physics, chemistry, and math. So if you have a good marks, then you can get admission in the engineering college. So then you went to engineering college so, after that? Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. I didn't know that. So... And you, and you, and you completed school as a I, what type of engineer? Yeah, I completed the college and then went to the engineering college as a mechanical engineer. Mm -hmm. So I studied there three years and after that, I got a job from the college, you know, through directly the company, hired me to your training. And that training was very successful. And that helped me to establish in this country. What was different about your college experience than what most people experience in college? You learned something, I think your college was a lot about practical, like being pract the practical side of things, not just theory. <laughs> No, the college, they just mostly they give you theory. The practical you get only in the engineering when you go and go for training. Okay. So for two years for training, and that will learn more practical, how to use those theory in your practical. That's why I became practical engineer that time. And then how did you come to U.S.? Uh, this U.S. need them. In uh, engineers at that time, 1969, and we applied for that. The labor department approved our immigration 
as a professional visa to this country. So that's why we came about 200 students from that, our company. So we got the approval and that's why we came. So you came here, you were engineer initially. Uh, I was came as an engineer, but I mean, it was difficult to get a job at that time because it was, it was a language problem. Second thing, we didn't have American experience. So we could not get a job in engineering that time, but we got a, practically, we learned how to work on a machine. So I started as a machinist job yeah. in the factory. Yeah. Is that minimum wage or? Uh, no, this was a, yes, almost minimum wage, but then I had jumped within six months, so I got a union job. And when you applied as a machinist, did you tell them you were a mechanical engineer? Yes, I told them, but the reason, see, they say you don't have experience, then you're going to still, I say, yes, I can easily learn and I can do the job. So the foreman gave me a chance to work as a machinist. But I remember one time you told me that you had to lie and didn't tell them your qualifications in order you had to say you were a high school graduate. Was that somewhere else? Yeah, that was another problem because the reason is when we send a, as a lot of experience as engineers so people don't hire you, you're overqualified for the job. So for those kind of jobs as a machinist or training, yes, you have to tell them, yes, I was, I can do the job, you know. For the, that's the reason you can say that we lie at that time to get a job, you know, there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then what happened, fast forward a little bit, you, you went to, got into business. Yeah, then what happened in 1973, I got an engineer job. And because there was oil embargo at that time, and they wanted an engineer, so that they wanted to start a nuclear power plant. And that's why there was a lot of job opening for the engineers. So that's why we got open the door for engineers and we got the job. But when that happened after two years, they start canceling those projects because it was too expensive and it takes 10 year minimum to do the one project. Mm -hmm. So that's why then we saw a lot of layoff happen in our industry. So we lost the job then that's why we start looking. My friend suggested me, why don't you go to the business? And I said, oh, I don't have money that I know. So he said, well, maybe you can go join together and try to this one. And then we look at a franchise business. But also when, when he asked you to start a business, didn't, he, didn't you like first reject his offer by saying I didn't, my father never was good in business? And Yes, I, you know, explain him that I have, doesn't have a business experience. I am not from business gene right. because so my you, father you, doesn't you were, have. You weren't, you weren't interested initially when he talked about business. Yeah, right? I was only working person, you know. Okay. And then you got into the first business was 7-Eleven. 7-Eleven. In yes, 1970? 1975. Yeah, and I left in 77. So two years, and that business taught you the yeah, business, this basically, is a, the basic concepts. I learned concepts. from there that what is the business to serve the other people, you know, and do the job honestly, you know, effectively, and that you can grow in that business. 
So that's why I learned the business attitude from there. Right. What is the business there? And then from there you went for to what business after 7-11? 77, then we bought the Amber Market. Supermarket, low yeah, convenience supermarket. supermarket, right? And uh, then my wife, your mom says, no, it is not a right business for you. You should go back to job. So I then went back to job in 79 again. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing happened. When we went to job, and somebody inspired me, the apartment business is the best business. I think you should go in. And that struck me, so I started looking at the property. And what happened? What, how'd you get the inspiration? What happened? My friend, Mother Gopal, he was in apartment business. He owned the business, some tri triple X. Triplex, yes. And he inspired me that this is the best business that people, other people paying you a mortgage and you will become rich in their kingdom. <laughs> and I said, no, I don't want to do this one. I like to have a complex where we can, people can take care of this one. Right. And that's the reason we started looking investment property and I find it in 79. So how long did it take you to, to find an investment property from the time you started looking? It takes me about six months. Okay, so for six yeah. months you were steady looking? Yes. And what was your source of looking? The newspaper? There was a Sunday newspaper used to come in investment property. That's why I used to look at all the time. Okay. And I seen the property, you know, and I called the broker, he showed me, and I asked me how you put an offer that time, you know. And that guy explained me, you know, this is investment, how you going to do this? And I understand the concept. So I made an offer and he accepted that offer. That was, it became first property. You know? So the broker kind of took you by the hand and showed you what to do and how to make the offer and... Yes, and he, he guided gave me you. the first lesson. And he also guided you about the owner financing? Yes, because he said it was too difficult because you are new in this business. You cannot get a mortgage from that. Right. So you had to get an owner financing you need a minimum 20% down. And uh, he's the one he called, explained me how to get a creative financing. Right. Assume the first loan and second get from the owner. And this is the way you can get the deal. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why I got a first deal. So your first deal was how many apartments, the first complex? The two unit, but I- You added two. Built the two unit more. Right. And how much was that for? Four ninety-five. $495,000. Yeah. And so you put 20% down? Yes. And the 20% you you borrowed and- No, I have made a partners and my friend became 25% partner. So he brought 30,000 and I, you know, got the loan from the other people. So I, you know, collected about 90,000. So that's why we got the deal, you know, closing deal for by nine. How'd you get the owner to believe in you? You're a guy, you just came from nowhere, you don't have any experience, you know? And the owner, owner had a helicopter or something? What did he have oh, at yes. that time? The guy was so rich and he has his own helicopter. He used to come to Westchester and the super used to, you know, drive him to the complex. And he wants to get rid of because he wants to buy the property in Atlantic City and all over. 
So he said, I want to, he was desperate to sell it. Okay, so he's motivated. He came motivated, so it was a good deal for me you know, to get yeah. in. So that first property showed you the basics. You learned the basics. You just, you learned as you went. Yes. You he, didn't read, did you read any books or anything like that about real estate or multifamily or apartments? Or? No, after buying, I went to the, got a real estate license and I went to the books. I learned what is the investment. So I learned after getting into the business. So do you, do you think it was a practical uh, use of getting the real estate license for what you were doing? Yes, only it was practical to know the brokers and also how to a due diligence study on this. That was is has a good thing that they taught me how to appraise the property. Okay, and that I learned from the real estate license. Oh, okay. The course. So they told you the legalics also of like doing the deal, the contracts, all the all the legal. Right. Yeah, legal. they explain everything how to marry contracts, how to sign the lease, how to sign the contract, and how to do the closing. This are everything they explain on that you know the course. So that's good. You got a lot of the basic keys then from yeah. that real estate course. I never I never realized that. Yeah, and they gave me three approach to how to appraise the property. Three. Basic steps. Okay, and what was that? That was the one is called income approach. Okay. One is a cost approach. And one is comps, compare the property sold in neighborhood right. for the last maybe two years, three years. So this way you can compare those. So the income is looking at the NOI. NOI, that's correct. What's the cost approach? Cost approach, if you build the property, how okay, much will okay, cost Okay, you? right, cost That's basis cost to, to, okay, to rebuild it. Yeah. And then comps are very familiar. Right. Now, in real estate, when you look at a property multifamily, do you look at the comps? Now, nowadays, if you buy like a multifamily, are you looking at comps or you just, what, do you, what's, what approach do you mostly use when you analyze the deal? We look at the property, yes, we look at the neighborhood, we look at the, what are the properties sold in this neighborhood, what price they're going in. So that give us an idea, you know, this, whether, what price this neighborhood can really best price for this. So you come, definitely help, but uh, income approaches also helps to visualize the name, uh, Price of the property. You know, so you went helps. from 52 units in one year, 1979? Right, July 1979. 1979. And today you have, let's say, 4,500, 4,500 units. Yeah, total. 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 Yeah. So you've grown from, and that's in 40 years. Yeah, almost we increase, if you look at our portfolio, about 100 units per year, average. Right. And that's pretty much, you've done like one deal a year pretty much on a basis. Yeah. yeah. Regularly. And so one of the things that you like the best to do is you're, you really like to analyze the deals. Is that correct? I like that, yes. You that's, think that's my favorite. If thing. I was going to ask you, what's your specialty in, in real estate? What's your, what do you specialize in? What do you think your best talent is in, in real estate? And what you do, what do you think? See, the first thing is I can... Appraise the property 
looking at the numbers. I can do the due diligence study and also I can see how much money this need a capital improvement in the future for right. this property. And what going to be the vision of the property, that is also I look into that. So where we stand is really, and we're going to be 10 years from today, you know, this property can work. But, and you've always done like a 15 year mortgage. You did that from the beginning or that's when that, that's something you started later on, the 15 See, years self-liquidating. The 15 years, what I learned, because it gives you good equity. Most of the property, you don't hold more than 15 years. So I feel you can easily refinance and then go use their money somewhere else. But there's some people like 30 years loan and every 10 years they are refinancing. The market can change sometime. It helps and sometimes it hurts now. So well, where did you come across that approach? Because I'm, I'm a lot of people. I'm telling them they're, they're seem like that's like a rare approach. Not a lot, not a lot of people are doing that. They're doing the opposite. You see, why they are not doing? Because they don't have a capital, put down money. And I used to put a thirty percent down. Mm -hmm. And when you are thirty percent down, you need at least minimum thirty percent. Now you've got a sometimes forty percent now. Interest rate is so low. Right. And if you want a 15 year loan, they want more down money. There's the bank wants more security. Right. But if you want 30 year loan, yes, they can go with the 20% down. But is I don't like 30 years because it's look like a, you don't, you only pay the interest. You don't really make much equity on that. Right. That's why I like a 15-year loan, 15-15. So the first loan you did in Downingtown, how many years was that with the owner financing, the Downingtown property? That was a, first was the assumable loan, and the second loan was, to was okay. I can pay up any time after five years. Okay. No, the guys owner financing. And the assumable loan was for how many years left? Do you remember? Assumable loan was, I think, it's already with the property. It was about 25 year loan. I don't remember exactly. exactly right. Yeah. Okay. And then when did you start doing the 15 year mortgage on the second deal? Yeah, we in 82. So after three years, you did the second deal. Yes, I bought the property in Westchester. Westchester, brandy wine, and that also was owner financing. Okay. And because I that's creative financing. I assumed the first one. He gave me the second, and third, I put it down money twenty percent, and then. Wow. So, and then the third deal was the in- The third property, because when I got in 86, so I pay off the first property completely. I got refinanced the first property and bought two more properties, Amur Garden and T Town West, 86. Right. And then use those money, uh, the down money, for two new properties. Now that's when your lawyer also got into the business. Yeah, the lawyer got interested 
And he see he, he saw what you're that doing. I had more money than you know, Mr. Sharma. So he said, yes, I want to go into real estate too. So that deal, the third deal, you was like a package deal. He bought some, you bought some, or is that? Yes, it was 86 deal, was package deal. There was a three complex. And he bought one and I bought two. Right. So that's the reason and we And to this day, there. he's still in the apartments buying now. Yeah, now. he's still, he's, in, he's mm. calling me now. Really? Well, yeah. When he came to know that we made a Harrisburg deal, I didn't know that. He said, Mr. Sharma, he wanted to see me. Okay. So somebody told him. You that. think he wants to sell anything maybe? No, no, no. He, <laughs> he wants to buy Parkrun from me. <laughs> I uh, see. Yeah. Also, yeah. So he got in the game and he hasn't left the game. He's been building his portfolio ever since 1986 then. So you yeah, but he was not you, aggressive. That was the main thing one time. When we got the financing, that was a good thing happened. I came to know the bank gave me loan about 9% and he got 9.5% interest. Same bank, yeah. same term. <clears throat> But you had experience, that's why. And maybe. that guy, yes, he went to the bank. Why he got, Sharma got a lower rate than me. He said, because you don't have experience, he has experience. So that means that has a value for the experience. Right, that. the banks really value that. The lenders value the experience. Mm -hmm. So then from there, you then moved to another city, another area. Yes, these three, these three, first three deals were right in your area, in, yep. in, your, in your background. But then you went to a whole different city, Allentown. Yeah, I started looking in the newspaper and I saw the ad in the same way. In Allentown, the guy owned 800 apartments and he wants to sell all because he was a under... Underwater. Under really heavy loan. Bank wants to force him to sell it. Right. And uh, I went to look at the property. I like the property, but there are 20% vacant. And uh, we made the deal and we put up the offer and he accepted the offer. But it wasn't on all 800. You wanted to buy all 800, but I like to buy all, but I didn't have the money. <laughs> right. So I came home and I calculated. I said, no, we're going to start with the two properties first. Okay. So I got two properties. Hillside, Hillside and Parkrun. Park right. And what and year was that? 92. And then we bought 93 from the same owner again. Another I'm 90. Scared. So the bank had a good relation with us, and that's where we got a loan on that. And from there onward, there was a starting point. Then 97, we got two properties, Old Forge and Hammond Square East. 98, we bought Arbor Village. 99, Fountain Terrace. Then 2001, King Street. Mm -hmm. 2002, Trout Run. 2004, St. Lawrence. Oakwood. 2005, we bought Brandywine. And now Brandywine at that time was the biggest deal you had done as far as units. Brandywine was how many? It was called Addison originally. 
See, actually, brandy wine about they have eleven hundred units. The owner wants to sell all for fifty-five million dollar deal. Okay. And we don't have money. We cannot go in that deal. So the most of the people was interested in Bethlehem properties. They were in a better shape than brandy wine. So they bought about six hundred. Fifty thousand units, and I bought four hundred forty-nine. And brandy wine was special because it has a thirty percent vacant. It was very difficult to get a loan. How did you get a loan then? If it's like thirty, such a high vacancy, the property's been you know very not, good, not good reputation. Question: I put I showed to the bank my next door property, Fountain Terrace, is ninety-five percent occupied. Right. And I put this in escrow, and it's if you can give me the loan. So how much did you have to put in escrow? For a whole fifteen years. Now. Oh, okay. The whole problem. Oh, you put Fountain Terrace as a, you included in escrow or something. Yeah, Fountain Terrace was paid in full. Right. So I put the money, you know, then escrow means loan on the Fountain Terrace and Brandy Wine together. Oh, okay. So blanket. Yes. Blanket mortgage. Blanket mortgage. mortgage. Okay. And that helps, and then put a five million dollars to. Improve the property, and bank was very happy. So you got the. You, know. you put five million in escrow to improve the property, or no, no, no. What do you mean? Are you we made a commitment? improvement. Down yeah, there. you're gonna make a. You made a commitment yes. that we would do that. Right. Okay. Because you didn't have like. No. After buying at that time. Yeah. So that we helped a lot, and from there we learn a lot. When you can handle a four hundred fifty unit complex, that bring us a. All the complex around the neighborhood improve, and that poured our improve our portfolio. Right. right. Then what happened after Brandywine? Two thousand five year Brandywine. Yeah. Then we bought a Hamilton Tower in same year. Right. In two thousand five, two thousand seven, we bought Lancaster, uh, and then we bought two thousand eight Winwood Green. Mm-hmm. 2009, we bought a Berkshire Villa. Yeah. And then we bought a 2010 Wexford. 2011, we bought a Presidential in Harrisburg. And to the, uh, 10, we bought another one, two complexes, Ambassador and Pinewood in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And 2012, we bought a below. And after that, I start slowing down. And then I said, let my sons should buy the properties. So 13, 14, after that, five years, I didn't buy any property on my name. Only the property came, very good property, in 2019. Five property package deal, which my big son wants to buy, <laughs> and I try to help him. <laughs> so I, you know, put my name on it. I think it was the other way around. You wanted to buy. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's a, you know, you have a great memory. You can remember each year, oh, each property, yes, everything I, to this I, day. I, you know, like that's amazing. That's amazing. Just off the top of your head, you don't have a list in front of you. Nothing. You know each year. And oh, you yeah. know how much you paid for each property. Oh, yes. I have another good memory for that. <laughs> so now I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a deal. Okay. Um, 
I'm going to give you a deal. Now, this is a deal that's on the market now. It's really a, a part of a, a thousand unit deal. And this is just one of the properties in, in something. It's, it's a, they have more than a thousand units that they can sell. They're selling a portfolio. And just look at this. You know, this is just the kind of the, 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 the broker's advertisement on the deal. And this is just one unit that's about 248 units. One property that's 248 units. Right. How do you look at the numbers? What do you do? What 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 goes through your mind when you look at the numbers? How do you how do you analyze the deal? Because that's really what a lot of people want to know. You know, so the first thing I like to know this property: how many one bedroom, mm-hmm. how many two bedroom, how about three bedroom? I look at this one here. This is the analysis I got. This two forty eight unit total, one bedroom one hundred twenty, two bedroom is one hundred four, and three bedroom twenty four. Occupancy is 228, and they are almost 92% occupancy. The gross from this, this is called trail. It's a lot of projection in this. Yeah, so you don't look at any of the projected I, stuff. I you don't look only at the look projection. at the projection. Everybody has their own way of doing the job. Exactly. I look my number, so I look the actually actual rent roll. They don't have the provided then. Right. Actual expense and this one, they don't, this is all they gave, no little projection. The actual is around two, 207000 um, per month. I looked at the rent roll. But the, what are they showing here? NOI is 1.375. Expense is this, the gross is this. And then I like to know First thing I had to look the property, location I had to see it. I had to see the age of the property. I had to look at the utilities, who pays the utilities. And I need the rental market over there. So this is a, so in this, without looking into the property, without looking the rent roll, actually I cannot price this property, but I feel What he's asking, you have any idea? No, no, no. Oh, okay. Um, they probably, nowadays, people don't have an asking price. They, they don't bid, it. They, bid it. they bid the price. You know, that's <laughs> the other looking, thing. What is, uh, they are looking, what is the people buyer going to pay for that? <laughs> they know they can bid, they can get the best price. Yeah, they know. They can get the best price, you know. But just say, you time. know, if you were to analyze, just say, you know, this is not even in your market, but if this was in your market, what would you do? What would you look at? You know, if I look at it, this one, the actual number, I know I, I'd be happy to, you know, look at it, give them about $15 million deal. You no, know, if I really, without, you know, without if looking. it's a good location, I like it. So how do you come up with the $15 million just by looking at the 1.3 million NOI? Yeah, but see the 10% cap, 10 cap right. is 13 million, 13.75. Right. So with the eight cap, you can say this one about 15, 16 million dollars deal. That's why he came up with the number. So that's like a safe area, even though nowadays nobody's getting like an eight cap, 10 yeah, cap. Yeah, they're looking for six, seven, depend upon that's why I say the comp- property needs a lot factors. of work on this now. Right. But I never bought any property in less than six cap. We never pay anything. Which property did you make a six cap? Uh, if you look at the for the last, uh, we've seen uh, so many property we bought, you know, for about five years. Even this property which we bought right now, Harshberg property, mm-hmm. this is a six cap. If you right now, we have a 
Yeah, we pay seven times gross, you know, multiplier. So the gross multiplier is seven times? The gross of this property. The other multiplier they use, you know, that's... Actually, no, what is the gross only Harishabha property? 625. You have 625. 625? Right, so it's more than that. 25,000, multiply yeah. by 12. This, you can see what you got. Oh, okay. 625 times 12 is 7.5 7. million. 7.5. Multiply by 7, what do you got? 52? Yeah, you're right. Right. But this is no, just like a, you have some vacancy factor, you can say 5% and all. So actually you are gross is 7 million or more than 7 million. So that's why 7 times 7, we put about 7, no, 8, 7, I feel that this is right price you now, but we got a $15 million. Yeah, we got underneath. Yeah. If, you, that's, if you'd offered that, what I yeah. said, you would have had seven. I exact. know, but sometimes you have to pay extra to buy the deal. To get the deal, especially nowadays. Especially nowadays, when the market is very hot. Yeah. So now, you, do you think we're at the top of the market? The market is at the top, as far as the height of what the, you know, the prices? And the cycle, you know, the cycle? Yeah, because the economists, they are forecasting the economy going to change. We don't know if that's true or not, but it just look like a market reached to the saturation point. Right. No, all this the trains, all feeling. the building, yeah. Uh, yeah like, I can oh, be you start creating hypersupply, and then from hypersupply, it's going to dip down. Yeah, you know... I know the demand for the apartment is very high, but only thing is a lot of construction is going on. We can see the inventory going to come back in the two years, and that will be our competition. So naturally, the demand of the apartment going to be easing. But also, out. the new products, the people that what they're building is A class properties. Our properties are more C class properties. So that's not really you know. Yeah, but that's still, a different, different market. the people, the ten percent of our customer goes to the C A class property too. Really? Just like if we have an example, Binboard, when we bought the, the new complex, more than 20% people, 25% move from the Binboard to there. To Liberty Park? So that okay. always happen. Right. So, so that's the reason. But it helps us too, because this means we jump over rates and highs. So yeah. it will help us in one way. So do you think, what do you see, what do you see happening to the people who are buying now? They're buying like $100,000 a unit. Yeah, it's all depend on the location. If there's some people are buying $100,000 in a course, really, they are not going to be happy, you know. But if it's somebody in the city, yeah, the rents are good, they have a more A-class people, their tenant. They have greater population. They can be okay. They still be okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So I have a couple of questions from Canada. Yeah. And uh, let me pull these questions up real quick. So if you get an opportunity to start all over with the knowledge you have right now, what would you ha what would you have done differently? 
This is a very good question, which is, I was thinking, if I had to do this and start today, first thing, I will st start other people's money syndication, just like a lot of companies are doing it. Use your money, maybe 50%, and 50% borrow from other people, you know, the syndication. Property will be only on your name. You are the one who you are the GP. Really yeah. These people come and go. So this is the reason you are just trying to use them for down money to make your the get in. And that's how you can grow a lot faster and you can scale go faster. faster. You can just like a, a this company. What is the name? King of Persia company. Morgan. Morgan. They started in '86. If you look at it, 1986, and they've grown so much. So I see this is the way they've grown up because they use the other I think they started in 84 and they're like 17,000, 17 states, 75,000 units. Because that's the reason they're using those kind of things, you know, and they are much better position. Right. Know. But we use only our people money, our money, not other people money, and that's why we go very slow. Right. And if we are to go today, yes. You have to use the other. But number. even in terms of you have grown tremendously from, you know, somebody buying a pro property for 500, less than $500,000 today, that property is worth, you know, you can easily get 5 million for that property. And you're, and I was looking at the total valuation. If we took it, a total valuation is something somewhere between 300 and $400 million on what you've grown to. That's right. You know, and somebody came from pretty much, you came from nothing. You know, you came from a very humble background. I'm very fortunate. I have a good sons. And they're helping me and they're taking over. So I'm so but glad. You had something in yourself to, to, to have this desire, this ambition to grow. Do you think the luck is involved with this or is hard work? That's no, the other question work, from Canada. Hard work. And yes, luck is also part of the deal. But the reason is, is hard work is very important. And good people like younger, you know, like you working with us. Those kind of people are very important to grow. And what's the hardest thing you find in the business today? What's the hardest, most challenging thing on a day-to-day -day basis in the business for you? Or what do you see for even for your sons maybe that, that they deal with on a day-to-day -day basis? Yeah, hardest to find the loyal person. Right. It's very hard Good nowadays, people. honest and hard workers. And that is one thing. Uh which is uh, how to manage the people. This is our business and apartment business is not managing the apartment. Actually, we are managing the people. Right. How you know that? I agree. And this is very important how to do that. This is, you know, some people have very charisma how to handle these people. Right. There's a lot of people I've seen in my life. They are very good workers but they cannot do supervision, you know, to the other people. Right. Some people are born like Very good tough. workers, but then when you put them in a leadership role yes. or supervisory role, they're not, they don't have that, those that, type of those qualities sometimes. Yeah, that become mm. problem for them. Right, right, you know. right, right. So, so this Harrisburg deal that we closed about six, seven months ago, right. where would you like to see that go? Like where, where's, what's the future projection you have for that deal? That's the biggest, biggest deal, $50 million deal. And... Yeah. Because I feel that, you know, just like a, from 900 units, you grown up in almost less than four years. You started 
first deal, 16, right? Scott deal. When you bought the first day, Scott Yeah, Day. in Harrisburg, yeah, Scott sales, yeah, 16. four years ago, yeah, yeah, so 16. So you got four years, you made this 900 units. Next, in a four year, you can easily make 900 units if you really manage those property well. Harrisburg is still very growing area. Mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of construction going on, highways and all the buildings, a lot of warehouse coming there. Yeah, it's one it's of the fastest, they say it's the fastest growing or the county next to it is the fastest growing county in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, that's correct. And I feel that there is a growth for us. But as far as for the apartments themselves in the 800 units or 900 units there, what do you, what would you like to see happen in those five properties, six properties? In 10 years, this property will go at least my projection is minimum 75 to $80 million this property will worth. So you will give you double almost. You can easily pull some money out and then you can buy those another 900 units. That's the way we should do because the, I was doing, I used to clean my house all the time every three, four years, use all the money, buy the new deals. And then four years, slow down, fix the property right. and then go to the other. So I just, this is the way you follow. So, uh, so, um, so we're gonna close, wrap it up, but uh, you, so you would like to see the, you know, two to three years, you think this property can stabilize strong and then, then maybe do take on another big project. I feel, yes, I feel confident because it was a neglected property. It was sick property and you, we know you can easily manage good and you can bring a good people, good reputation, and it will help you a lot in the future. So last question, what do you think has been your key to success? Your, your key to success, what do you think has been? I have best my wife. <laughs> That's my first thing, then a little lesson. Okay. Without her, I cannot go anywhere. And I feel a lot of family support. I got it. And I am a very fortunate. I have a good people working with me, they are so, these are the same, you know. Now you give the credit to your wife and, and the people around you too, but there's there's been times I know where your wife, me, and like when we were younger, we say, why you keep growing? Why you keep buying more? Why you keep buying more? You didn't listen to us, you did it anyway. Luckily you didn't listen to us, you were a lot smarter. But even that, you had your own inner charisma, your own inner drive. Where do you think that comes from? That comes from me because I've seen in this business, we, I can never go, you know, without this, uh, is a lot of return on the investment. First thing, this investment is a necessity. 40% people cannot afford the house. They have to live in apartments. It's always necessity. And that's the reason this business is going to grow, is not going to go down. Second reason is I feel that even our grandchildren, they go to college, they get good education, they can see, but they have backup plan if they want to do it extra. This is the best, you know, good shelter, and it will be, make them good equity for them too in the future. Mm -hmm. So they will be more stable money-wise, financially, so they don't be stronger. That's why my point was, why I was keep on going, you know. Mm -hmm. 
So last, I know I said that was the last question, but I have one last question. <laughs> yeah. Last question for somebody starting out fresh, starting out new. A lot of new people want to get into business. What was your What's your advice for somebody starting new, brand new? Somebody's got a good stable job, good income on the side. They want to start something on the side, or they just want to get in real estate. What is your advice? My best advice is them. They should not buy small properties. They should get a group of people. Mm -hmm. They raise the money, try to buy a small complex, maybe 40, 50 units. And then from there, they get experience. And then they're going to go, go one by one, which I seen a lot of people buying their houses and houses, and they become negative cash flow sometimes. And they have more problems, they get fed up. Right. So I feel that just like a, buying a house is, is too difficult because they are not to make the handsome money. Right. So I see only multi-housing will be the best opportunity for them if they want to do it. Okay, so to get a junior venture, get a JV, get a yes. joint venture. They should join venture, right? Yes. That's the best one. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. You did a great I job. Okay. Thank you, Kobe. I love you very much. I like that now. I love you too. <laughs>